For more information about Living Word St. Paul, head on over to lwcc.org slash St. Paul. Was New Year's weird for anybody else? Anyone else have a weird New Year's? Well, okay, I didn't realize that New York was an hour ahead. Or what is New York? Two hours? An hour? Yeah. I guess I wasn't prepared for that. I didn't have the memo. I didn't get the memo of that. And so my friends and I were super excited to watch the Times Square ball drop. And it was the most 2020-ish thing that had ever happened to me. Or no, actually, that's a major overstatement. But this was very, it was just so like 2020. Um, We turn on the live stream, and I don't know whose idea it was to leave the live stream on an hour after everyone had left Times Square, but we turned on, we, we were so excited, you know, I was so excited to watch the ball drop, but they left the live stream on an hour after the party was over, and everyone had left Times Square, and it was just the cleaning crew. It was literally 12 people in Times Square cleaning Times Square, and it was so sad. It was so sad looking at one of the biggest parties in the world and seeing the cleanup crew of 12 people. I don't know who left the live stream on, but they really probably should have turned it off when people started leaving. That's what I assume. Um, But you know, it was really sad to me, I think. Kind of messed with my head a little bit, to be honest with you for just a second because I really personally thought that the world deserved for 2020 to end with something massive from God. (laughs) I really do. And maybe it's just me and maybe I'll just be an advocate for you, but I think you deserved a party for what you went through in 2020. I do. I think even the people that don't like me deserve the party. Seriously, I really do. I think the world deserves a party. I think everyone in this room has gone through enough pain, not just in 2020, but in your life, to where I was just telling God, you know, I think the world deserves a party. I really do. And I just heard this. I'm I'm always a little bit nervous to say this, uh, or not nervous, but hesitant to say that God told me directly, but I did. I heard something in my heart that inspired a series I want to do. I heard something that said, but I'm always throwing a party. (laughs) Because Jesus is one of his favorite expressions of the kingdom of God is a feast. Everyone say feast. In other words, a party. One of my favorite stories It's called the story of the prodigal son. Really, it's the story of the prodigal sons. There are two sons. There's an older brother and a younger brother. The younger one goes out, lives his life, it says, riotously. That's King James for he he really went all out. Like, he went for all the marbles. He experienced everything that he wanted to experience, and yet he found himself at the end of it feeling empty. It didn't feel like he had been satisfied. And so he goes back to his father's house, not with good intentions, keep in mind. Not because he wants to make his father happy, not because he loves his father, but he actually prepares a pre-prepare, a pre 
pre-prepared, I don't even know how to say that, pre-prepared apology to actually manipulate his father back into making him a hired servant. The younger son, he comes up to his father and he says, I am no longer worthy to be called one of your sons. Isn't that interesting? That tells us at the beginning of the story, I think he thought he was worthy to be a son. Excuse me, were you ever worthy? (laughs) I'm no longer worthy. Were you ever? Was it ever about how worthy you were to be his son? No, you're his son because you came from him. That your worth is not determined by what you've accomplished and what you've earned from him. He said, make me one of your hired servants. This is one of my favorite pictures of God. God or the father in the story, interrupts his apology. I love a God who interrupts our apologies. I love a God. I love a God who just tells me to shut up when I'm trying to apologize into, because honestly, most of the time when confession, most of the time, and maybe this is just me, but he's making this confession not because he feels that this is genuinely what his father wants, but honestly, he's making an apology. He feels that he owes an apology. He feels that if he pays an apology, God will give him something back. I just want to say, I'm grateful for a God who really, in this picture, in this story shows it, he's really not looking for your apology. He's just glad that you came home. He's just grateful that you're in front of, I'm just grateful that you're here today. I'm just grateful that you made it here today. What God treasures most, I don't even know why you came today. Maybe you came because your girlfriend likes church or maybe your girlfriend's making you watch church. Don't let any religious person tell you that your intentions are too big for God. I'm grateful for a God who will use even impure intentions. I'm grateful for a goodness of God that leads me to change my mind and not my goodness that leads him to change his. I'm so grateful for a God whose goodness leads me and not my goodness leads him. It's his goodness that changes our minds, which is so cool because that puts like all the weight on him. That puts all the weight on him. That, takes, that makes me breathe easier in 2021 for sure, knowing that it's his goodness's responsibility to change my mind. Ooh. That's a really, really, that's a goodness that I reverence. That's a goodness that I, I, I submit to that kind of goodness. Because it's not a goodness that forces itself on you. You ever notice that sometimes I get frustrated a little bit when I think about truth, because sometimes truth can feel so painful. It can. All the truth that I experienced, I experienced tons of truth in 2020, but I had to learn so much through pain. Don't you wish you didn't have to learn through pain sometimes? I really wish I didn't have to learn the hard way all the time, every time. I wish I didn't. Yeah, I, I, I didn't hear what you said, but I felt that. I felt that. I, fe- I feel that, literally. I feel what you're saying because literally 2020, it does. It feels like that. It, it feels so much. I felt so much in 2020. That's right. That's right. I felt that, what you just said. That what we're talking about today is a God who feels what you feel. A God who sees. This is not a God who... who 
disassociates himself from your feelings and disassociates himself from your pain. But the Bible says we have a high priest that feels what you feel. Imagine how much mercy God has for us if he feels what you feel. That's a merciful, merciful God. But I was thinking about this. I told God, I was, yeah, yeah, I think the world deserved to party. And he, I heard that, that I'm always throwing a party. If your theology is leading you to something that looks the complete opposite of a party, your theology is probably wrong. <laughs> if your theology is not leading you to a party, to a life that looks like pure joy, like, think about this. There's nothing really, back to this story of the prodigal son, there's two sons, though. Immediately when the younger son comes back, it says the father interrupts his apology and says, I'm going to lavish you with all of the gifts of my house. I'm going to give you everything. I'm going to interrupt. Just stop your apology. Stop apologizing. That's a word for somebody in here. Please stop apologizing. And let me lavish what I have on you in this moment. And it says that they, they prepare a massive meal. He equips him with his ring, his robe, symbols of status and power. I mean, he just restores him, freely restores the son. But there's an older son in the fields who thinks he's doing what the father wants. And it says... When the older son heard music and dancing, sometimes I like to say that just to get a little bit of a religious spirit to just kind of like, <laughs> music and dancing, yeah. We, we learned from, what, what was that movie in the 1980s? Was that Dirty Dancing? No, it wasn't Dirty Dancing. Footloose, yeah. We learned from Footloose that what... Oftentimes, it's, I think there's a reason David danced in front of the people, because dancing does something. Dancing is such an expression of freedom. You can really only, we can claim to be so free in our minds, but we're a really heady culture, you know, in America. But if you're not free in our bodies, we're really not free in our minds. If we don't know how to worship with our bodies, do we really know anything in our heads anyway? What do we really know if I can't, the minute a really good song comes on, if I can't allow my body to really be free with it, you know? Because there's something about it. There's something about dancing where you have to let go. You got to let go of what people think. You got to, seriously, it, it demands freedom in order to really dance, though. It says, when he heard music and dancing... It bothered him. He heard the party. He heard the party in the father's house, and it bothered the older son so much because the older son, he had misinterpreted the father's will. He thought that what the father wanted was for him to slave away in the fields as if that's what the father really wanted. And so the older son calls the father out, and he says, you never threw a party for me. You never threw a party for me, and I did all the things that you asked for me, or that you asked of me. I did everything that you asked of me. It sounds a lot like the voice of religion, doesn't it? 
I did everything you said. I followed all the rules. I did all the steps. I did everything that you asked me to do. I've been slaving away in the fields for all of these years. I never asked you for one thing. And he comes back having done nothing to deserve it. And you throw him a party and the father, you know what he says to him? He says, son, all, all I have is yours. You could have asked me for a party any time that you wanted it. But see, sometimes it's easy to misinterpret what God wants, especially for those of us who, I mean, you committed to this. The fact that you're here, we're students of this God we call our Father. We're here to express our worship to him. We're here to be filled. We're here to experience him. But what can happen is over time, we can misinterpret God's wants into thinking that God wants you to work for him more than he wants you to just be with him. Because really what he wants more than anything is just to throw a big party in his house. <laughs> He's got a really big party planned for 2021. And so I thought that I would name this series that I'm going to be doing for the next five weeks. I'm going to call it House Party. And so I want to look at something in the book of Exodus. We're going to be reading from it for the next five weeks that I'm going to be with you. Obviously, Dennis Burke and my grandfather will be here uh, in the middle of this, and so this will be a little bit spread out. But next week, I've got a really big surprise for you. I guess it's not a surprise. Can I just tell you the surprise? We, we built an Ark of the Covenant that we're going to bring in here, and we're going to go through the tabernacle. Uh, I think it's going to really, really, I think it's going to rock your world, to be honest with you. I really do, because it's rocked mine. Um, but yeah, so next week, if you want to just even come just to see what a wooden Ark of the Covenant looks like, because it's 500 pounds, it's literally 500 pounds, and so um, we're going to bring it up here, and I'm sorry for whoever has to carry it up here. <laughs> I'm really sorry about that. Um, but we're going through the book of Exodus for the next five weeks. Because the book of Exodus is essentially a story of God reintroducing himself to a people who had lost sight of who he was. Because the Israelites in the book of Exodus, the book begins and you can tell something had happened where they had lost awareness of who the God of their forefathers was. You can tell that these had become stories to them. That the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Genesis, the God of the beginning, these had become stories over time. That at one point, God had brought them to Egypt as a place of freedom from famine, from literally world distress. But the location that God used as freedom in one season became a location of slavery in the next because over time, what God will do, if you hold on to a moment for too long, you will stay stuck in that moment. But the God that we're talking about today does not get stuck in moments. He does not get stuck. This God is so big that he will continue to reveal to us how big he is. More and more and more and more. No matter how much time we spend on this planet, we are just scratching the surface of how big he is in our experience of him. 
I mean, this God is so beyond big that he shows up in this book of Exodus to a people. He said, I heard their groans. In another place, he said, I heard their prayers. Isn't that interesting that he took a groan as a prayer? I just want you to know that God has heard all your groans of this past year. What does a groan sound like? Ah, uh, uh, pain. Groan is a painful breath. It's the sound of, you know that feeling? You know how depression can feel really weighty? It feels like weight, literally. Like, it almost gets hard to carry this invisible weight. And your breathing's different. Your breathing's different when it feels all this pressure on it. He said, I heard that distorted breath and I took it as a prayer. I want you to know that I think we think sometimes prayer is all about God, God, give me this, God, God actually hears your, he actually doesn't even need that because he heard your tears and he heard your groan and he felt your pain before you even had to say it to him in a sentence. And he says, I heard their groans and he shows up to a man named Moses in a desert place in a burning bush. And he says, Moses, I want you to go back to my people who have been swallowed up by a system, who've been swallowed up by a mindset. And I want you to tell them that I've come to free them. I want you to tell them that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob sent them. And you know what? Watch this. I, I resonate so deeply with this as a 27-year-old in 2021. 20, I resonate with this. I bet you do too. No matter how, no matter all different age groups, I bet we all resonate with this to some level. Moses said, okay, sure. Say I come to these people and say, the God of your forefathers sent me. Honestly, they're going to need to know your name. We're going to need a fresh revelation of who you are. Because, sorry, some old stories that we learned about from years ago, they don't work for this generation, God. They don't work. Just to say, oh, the stories of old, that's who sent us. No, we need something fresh for the moment now. Man, I resonate with that. Man, I, I resonate that. I resonate with that in a generation where, honestly, the same stories. I, I grew up. I, I've I've heard the stories. I, I grew up studying revivals of old. I mean, just I, I wanted that my whole life. But to be completely honest with you, my life doesn't look like the Book of Acts. To, I, I mean, you can tell me if it looks different for you, but I don't see happening. What's happening here? And that's ruthless, ruthlessly honest, but I think we need to be because, sorry, I didn't sign up for anything less than what this said I should have. And if I'm not having what the Holy Spirit promised us as a church, like they turned the world upside down. The book of Acts church is something they are, they're tripping out. This is crazy. I mean, they are changing governments. Cities are being like, like in a day. The whole city changes in a day. To be honest with you, 
I've heard stories. I mean, I've watched videos of Mac Hammond jumping in plants. I've seen crazy stuff happen in this building. In this building. Like the stuff that happened when I was honestly too young to remember it. There are crazy stories from this place. God really did some wild things in this family. But to be honest with you, I was too young to see that. I've never experienced that. I have to be honest with you about it. I've never experienced it. And so for me and my generation, and I experience this with the people I talk to who are my age, that doesn't, I can't just talk about that. We need something fresh for now. I need, we need a revelation of God for this generation. I told God there has to be something that applies to a generation that lives like Generation Z. And the, like, like, what is there for now? What is there for now? We can't just say, oh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, or the God of my grandmother, or the God of my grandfather. What about the God of now? What about now? And God said, whew, I get chills every time I say it because can you imagine this moment? I hold it with such weightiness. I want to, even talking about it, it's so weighty. This is the first time God ever tells them his name. And he says it straight to Moses. Can you imagine what Moses felt when God said, In English, we say Yahweh, but it's the pronunciation of a breath, literally. Can you imagine that? That's so big. <laughs> that's a God that's so big beyond any kind of religious jargon you can attach to that. Because, see, even an atheist uses that name in every sentence you use to try and disprove that exists. What argument do you have against? Because we all breathe. Because we all use that name every second. It is the first thing you say and the last thing you say. It's the first word and it's the last word. I am that I am. Oh, man. I get chills even just saying that. Because this is a God that is so big. That's a gen. Honestly, honestly, that would speak to now. To me, what speaks to now more than a God who inhabits my breath? What, what speaks to now in an age where we have to use, what has 2020 been centered around? The breath. What's been the cry of this year? I can't breathe. We have a world that says I can't breathe. And we have a God whose name is Whenever God, he shows up to a couple named Abraham and Isaac, and they're too old to have babies, but God promised them that a nation would come from them. 
Abram is his name at first, and Sarai is her name at first, but God actually has to rename them before they can get children. Why? Because they have to operate in a new identity. They have to operate in their true identity. That Abram means exalted father, but Abraham means father of many nations, That Abraham has to go higher in his view of what God has said about him. And so, what God does to rename him is he goes, your name is no longer Abram, it is Abraham. Think of the letter he added. The letter in Hebrew. The letter hey. Literally, the giving of of the breath. Remember when it says that Jesus filled the disciples with the spirit, what did he do to them? He breathed on them. When the Holy Spirit came on Pentecost, it said it sounded like a rushing, roaring breath. I'm here to tell you in 2021, we're getting our breath back. We are getting our breath back. I am getting my breath back in 2021 because I have a God who gives breath. Because, see, that's the only answer to a world that can't breathe is a God who can give breath. There's no other answer. A God has to give breath. And so he says, my name is, and I'm starting to close now. Just continue. You guys are with me, right? Stay with me. I got something. He introduces himself as, and Moses goes back to these people and says that, is here to free you. The God of our forefathers is here to free you from slavery, from this mindset of slavery in Egypt, from an identity as a slave. And so what God does is he takes them on a course of 12 different miracles, 12 different judgments that happened against the nation of Egypt. And I want to open up on the last judgment on Egypt where God told the people to be confined into their houses. This was God's stay-at-home order. (laughs) Exodus chapter 12. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, verse 2, this month shall be for you the beginning of months, just just like us right now. What this moment was to them is what this moment kind of feels like to us, but much bigger, that it was a new beginning. This month shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be for you the first month of the year. Verse 3. Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the 10th day of this month, every man shall take a lamb according to their father's houses, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his nearest neighbor shall take according to the number of persons, according to which each can eat, you shall make your count for the lamb. For the next few verses, he's going to tell them how the the qualifications for the lamb, it should be unblemished. Essentially, what God's telling them is, I want you to prepare a feast tonight that you're going to eat inside your houses with your families. But while you feast, watch this. Let's go to verse 11. Oh, I got a word. I got a word today. In this manner you shall eat the feast. Everyone say feast. I'm naming this message in the series Feast into Freedom. 
Because it says, in this manner you shall eat it. With this posture you shall eat it. With your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. And you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. So hold on a minute. We're going to take communion today. Because what's happening in this story in the Old Testament is a picture of what would happen today in the New Testament church. This is symbolic. God is giving them a feast to celebrate in their homes, but as the people are feasting on the inside, watch what God is doing on the outside of their homes. Watch this. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt. The firstborn is essentially what the Egyptians worshipped. Pharaoh was a firstborn of the firstborn of the firstborn. That's why slaves were needed in the Egyptian culture because there had to be someone to serve the lower class. There always had to be a totem pole in Egyptian culture. Someone served someone else who served someone else who served someone else, but it was the worship of the firstborn. So I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, not because God is cruel and just wants to kill people, both man and beast, but on all of the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgments. So while the people are feasting inside, God is fighting outside. To be honest with you, this year I was a little bit nervous to make New Year's plans. I was a little bit nervous to like goal set for 2021. (laughs) Because all my plans in 2020 didn't happen. (laughs) None of my plans in 2020 happened. Honestly, I came in with all my goals set. I was ready to go for 2020. But if anything happened in 2020, I lost all faith in my plans. I lost faith in my plans. And so I told God, I was talking with my wife. I I told her, I I feel kind of, it's hard to hope this year, you know. To be honest, it's kind of hard to hope. It's hard to goal set. It's It's hard to plan for things, seeing what happened in the past year. And my wife said something to me. me. She, She shook me. She said, you know, to be honest with you, babe, I think something really big needs to happen in our home before we have anything really big to offer the world. Because if 2020 taught me anything, it's that if I can't be free in my home, then I can't be free outside of it anyway. See, there was a while there where I felt like my freedom had become extinct because I couldn't leave my house. But then what I found out is it wouldn't matter if I lost, if I left my house and I traveled to all the places that I wanted to travel because even if I traveled to all the places I wanted to travel, the same unfree person that existed in my home would exist outside of it. So if I can't feast in my home, who says I can feast outside of it anyway? Who says, because honestly, sometimes I can be so concentrated on fighting the, fighting the battle outside 
There's so much I want to fight in the world right now. I want to fight so much. I want to fight everything happening in Egypt. But you know what I realized from this story? It's my job to feast while God fights. Do you know in Hebrew, the same word for fight is the same word for eat? Because while you feast, God fights. But if you want to fight, if you want to, there's either two options for us in 2021. Either we can rest and God fight, or we fight and God rests. I'm going to say that again because that was too good not to say that again. There are two options. Either we will rest while God fights or God will rest while we fight. So who's going to fight? I think I'm going to let the God who knows how to do judgment on Egypt do judgment on Egypt, but I'm going to learn how to feast in my home. I'm going to learn how to have a happy, I'm going to learn how to party in my house. I'm going to learn how to, if my, okay, okay, hear me out here, hear me out here. I'm so grateful that, and this is what's so incredible about the reality of the kingdom of heaven. Honestly, your freedom is really not determined based on what a government is saying about whether you need to stay in your house or not, or you need to wear a mask or not. Honestly, a mask or a four-walled barrier of my home does not determine my freedom because if I'm free on the inside, I'm free on the outside. If I'm free on the inside, I'm free on the outside. I am preaching so much better than you're responding today, and that's fine because honestly, you know who was so good at this? I'm preaching this right for Savon Jordan because he was the best at it. He was the best at it. Because, because bridges are built over the table. One of the greatest, you, you know how the early church grew? From table to table. Sometimes I think we make the symbol of, of it. the cross has become such a religious symbol. It's like, you know, we can all see a cross and see different things. But at a table, I feel like God's reinstituting the table. I feel like you're going to start to learn how to feast in your home. I'm serious. I feel like heaven's being released in the home before we see it on the exterior. I think what's happening in 2021 is why all of us are in our homes right now or we're doing what we're doing. Maybe it doesn't feel as free as 2019 or 2018 and we all want to get back to normal. Honestly, maybe what's happening here is what's happening in this verse, that God is doing judgment on the gods of the world, that what people worship plans all of the things that we worship. God is doing justice on these gods so that we would realize, uh, again, we're going to be freed on an external level also, but before you're free externally, we got to be free internally. We got to learn how to feast and throw a party, even if I still look like I'm wearing slaves' clothes. Look at that, verse 11. Look at this. Oh, this, I'm, this is my posture for 2021. I'm just deciding this with all of you guys. Can you do it with me? Can you decide with me that in this manner, this is, this is your attitude inside your house. This is your attitude when you feast. In this manner, you will eat it with your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. He says, I want you to eat this meal as if the second you walk outside of those doors, you will no longer be the same person. I mean, the second, I mean that as you eat this, 
I want you to eat it like you're ready to walk right into freedom the second you walk out that door. I want you to eat it with freed man's clothes on. I want you to take off your, I want you to take off what Egypt made you wear. Man, can I, can I confront you a little bit? Can I, this 27-year-old confront you? You got way too much on the inside of you. You got way too much on the inside of you to spend your whole life ser- serving Egypt. Seriously. You, you got way too much in you for you to spend your life working brick by brick building another man's pyramid. Because it's another man's pyramid. That's what Egypt makes you build. You work your nine to five, you sweat, you bleed, you do your duty, and that's right. You're nothing more than a number, but what God says is, you're not a number, you're my son. Take off slaves' clothes, and I want you to put on everything that I already put on the inside of you. And what I'm confronting in here is all the people who, let's not waste any more time coming into this year, yeah? I don't need to wait for anything else to really step into what God has put in me. You've got too much on the inside of you. And if you don't believe it, then what what is going on? You can't see what what you have on the inside of you? You don't need to wait. That's right. Thank you for helping me preach here. We don't need to wait. Why? Because the kingdom of heaven is here. This is not a kingdom of heaven that we wait for. This is not a kingdom of heaven that I need to someday wait for in the someday future. I have a kingdom of heaven on the inside of me and on the inside of you that it is near unto you even in your mouth. And so what I'm speaking over your life coming into this year is that you will step into the dreams and desires God has put in you. I mean that thing that keeps you awake every single night that you will do it this year. You're not gonna wait for another year to pass. I'm not gonna wait for the COVID restrictions to lift, but I am going to walk in the freedom that God has put in me before they even, I don't even need, I don't even need the government to, I don't need anyone to tell me I'm free. I don't need no one. I don't need anybody else to tell me I'm free because if I decide and I make a decision to really believe and trust in what God has put on the inside of me, then honestly, I'm never putting on slaves' clothes again. I'm never working for Egypt again. I'm never gonna work in sweat and bleed just to build another brick in the system, but I'm gonna do everything that God put on the inside of me, and I pray you do the same for you because that is honoring God's gift. That's honoring him. For you to do that thing that you're thinking about, that is honoring him. That's worship. The fact that he gave us these gifts, these visions, these dreams, these desires. Gave them to you. And I pray you honor them in 2021. I pray you really go for it, man. Like, I pray you really do. I pray you just let loose. You let loose everybody's opinions. You just stop caring. I hope you stopped caring what everyone thought in 2020, man. I really do. I hope you just stopped. Can we make a New Year's resolution to never care what anyone's thinking about? Or, or can we just make a resolution that no one else, no one else is going to tell me whether I'm free or not. My freedom is not going to be dependent on anything else other than what God has said about me. 
If God says I'm free, then I'm free. And if he tells me to feast like I'm free, then I'm going to feast like I'm free. Even if I'm still in Egypt, I'm ready to walk right out of it in 2021. I am ready to walk out of this mindset. I'm ready to walk out of defeat. I'm ready to stand above it now like I've never stood above it before. Yeah. I kind of felt like, I don't know if you guys have ever seen that video of, there's this actor named Shia LaBeouf, who he's just like... <laughs> I don't know if it was a monologue. I don't know what he's doing, but he's just, it's, he's going, just do it. Has anyone seen that? Has anyone seen that video? Maybe, yeah, like three of you. It's cool. Never mind. Forget about it. But that's what I feel like. I feel like I'm a motivational speaker. Kind of like, do it. Seriously, literally, literally, do it. What God has put on the inside of you, 2021. Let loose all that old identity that told you you're not enough for it or whatever it is. If I could get some keys behind me, I'm, I'm closing. And if we could get the, uh, we're going to take communion. Because I thought this would be a good way for us to kind of symbolically feast. This is one way that we can do this. And I know it's just a cracker and some juice. <laughs> but it's symbolic of this feast, that the real feast is, is Jesus, that who we're feeding on is the true Lamb of God, that we get to enjoy each other, that this is a family, and that as we move forward into this year, 1 Corinthians calls communion the way of escape. The only time Paul ever mentions why people are sick and dying is in the same context as communion. He says the only reason people are weak and sick is honestly you're not discerning the body. So there's something about communion that makes us healthier people. There's something about communion that actually, it, it literally, it infuses life into our bodies when we discern what we're really doing here. I mean, what God gave us in this is the ability to feast while he fights. While we do this, whenever you do this, we do this as a family, we're feasting as God is fighting. And I'm so grateful not to be the one fighting in 2021. I think I'm done fighting. I think I did enough fighting in 2020 to find out that I can't fight the gods of Egypt like God can. 